Hi, Power Trip listeners. Connor Boyle here, senior producer at Intelligence Squared. We're about to dive into episode four of Power Trip. Can AI be controlled? And if so, how do we achieve it? If you'd like to hear the full episode, do sign up to become a member of Intelligence Squared at intelligencesquared.com slash membership, or just hit the subscribe button in the Apple Podcasts app to hear the whole season waiting for you to listen to at your leisure or to be binged all in one go. But now let's rejoin Carl Miller and many more for episode four, AI and governance. It looks to me that governments have just about woken up to the topic of AI. There have been ministers in the past who have had an interest and have done a number of things. And, you know, in the UK context, for quite a long time, we've been investing in research and some pretty good examples of industrial application. But from a governance or a policy perspective, it's only really started to become front and center in the last few months. And I think that's probably because a number of American tech founders came through London, predominantly through London Tech Week, and told us all that we were going to die. And that made everybody listen and respond. Nothing concentrates the mind quite like being told that you're going to die. We're having to cover a lot of mileage in this podcast for you. One of the crazy things about AI is its sheer expanse. The fact that it covers everything from the practicality of whether we're going to have a job tomorrow all the way through to whether robots will take over everything and what it means to be human in the first place somewhere in between. And I promise you, we will tell you whether the robots will take over. But that is for a later episode. We can't get to that too early. But one very important group of people now thinking about all these things are our governments legislators who have to work out whether, how, and in what way to actually try and control these technologies. Hi, uh, I'm Darren Jones, Labour MP for Bristol Northwest, Chair of the House of Commons Business and Trade Committee, and I'm the Founder and Chair of the Interparliamentary Forum on Emerging Technologies, which is a global network for legislators interested in the regulation of technology. And that takes us to the episode today. Welcome to Power Trip. I'm Carl Miller. And I'm on a journey to find out who's in control of artificial intelligence, who will be the winners, and who the losers in this radical power shift. This is episode four, AI and governance. AI is obviously a general purpose technology. So you talk about different outcomes or applications. You can be talking for hours and hours about what the responses might be from policymakers. If you try to step back a second and think about what is it that governments do from a regulatory perspective, at a very basic level, it's either law or institutional kind of power, so regulators. And so the debate is, well, do we need new laws or not? And do we need new regulators or not? And perhaps entirely expectedly, the US, the UK and the EU in particular, and China as well, uh, have slightly different views on both of those questions. Both law and regulation are trying to secure two things together, safety and innovation. To put guardrails around how the tech is developed and also to ensure that the jurisdiction remains a flourishing and competitive place for the tech to be built within. However, are they at odds with one another? Do governments fear that strict regulation might hit pause on innovation? Is it possible to promote responsible AI development whilst also encouraging innovation and competition? From the European perspective, the Europeans, hot off of the success of GDPR and data protection, wanted to be the world's regulator and have done the AI Act. They're the first institutional body to come out with some primary legislation. They haven't done new regulators, but they've got a piece of legislation and they're just about finishing it off and will be implementing it soon. And we'll see how effective that is. And I don't think that 
the right approach actually for a number of reasons, but that, that's a very European approach that they've that they've taken. The UK has been a bit slower for various reasons. Uh, it doesn't really want to take the European approach of codifying everything. Um, and it wants to try to create an, uh, an economic environment in which innovators can can do that. And then the Americans are uh, just getting up to speed now on legislation and regulatory approaches. I think there's a there's a similar dynamic between the American and the European approach, for example. So you don't want to over-regulate so that companies operating in this space have to spend enormous amounts of time and money on compliance, or they're not allowed to do things, or they can't access bits of hardware, for example, that they might need to, to be working really at the frontier. And of course, they want to build successful markets where they can sell products and services. And all of that in that kind of soup of innovation leads to economic growth and, and, and market dominance. And so there is that kind of race context that you don't want to fall back on. That's why I think the European approach ultimately will mean that there is, there's not going to be any big European tech companies operating in this space because they've taken a very compliance-led approach. And the UK is trying to get the right balance between the European and American approach where you allow a, li a little bit more space for, for innovation. Okay, so that's the scope of things in the EU, the US and the UK. But what's going on in China? Going into this, I really thought that China could be one of the leaders in the AI race, maybe the leader, maybe ahead of everyone. And I thought that it was going to be this prospect above all as to why Western nations feared too much regulation. For back in October 2017, the State Council of the PRC designated artificial intelligence a national priority, quote-unquote, stating its ambition to become the world's premier artificial intelligence innovation centre by 2030. So what could be impeding China? After all, this is a country that recently built its own artificial moon to simulate low-gravity environments. I followed up on that very question with Joanna Bryson, Professor of Ethics and Technology at the Hertie School in Berlin. I've been in China three times now, like 2018, 2019, and, and just like a few weeks ago. And, you know, it was the first time that, that I had been there that the colleagues were uh, so much just towing the party line. So I've been in three different meetings with the World Economic Forum for the 2018, 2019, and 2023. 2018, colleagues were, Chinese colleagues were optimistic. They were, they were expansive. They, they were solving problems, openly asking us did we have an idea or talking about it between themselves in front of people from other countries? 2019, they were dejected. It was the third month of the Hong Kong thing. They started to realize they were an autocracy. Nobody was talking about anything. This time they were talking, but it was on a party line. One time on a bus, somebody kind of said to me about how hard it was to move back to China from the U.S., but hardly anyone was expressing anything that wasn't party line. If you're doing that, you're not going to get the innovation and creativity that you need to solve problems. And I think we've actually seen that for both China and Russia and some of the failures that have happened in the Ukraine war. Some of the technology that's failing is stuff that was sourced from China, like the rubber from the, the tire treads and things. If people can only hear the answer they're expecting to have, then they'll only hear that. And that's not the way to be informed. That's one problem. And then another problem, of course, is just kleptocracy. The people, if they take all the money and then they put it in some other country because they don't want anyone to get close to and threaten them with power, well, then the whole economy sucks. And that's Russia's problem. The point is that antitrust tells us that when you have only one company, if only there's, if there's only one giant winner, that it's in their interest to slow things down. They want to stay the one giant winner. And in every sector, whoever invests the most in software is actually able to turn their sector into sort of a natural monopoly kind of sector so that they can keep scaling and expanding. And as they do that, the rate of innovation slows. And so 
China actually is already regulating the tech sector, and we, we have unpublished work here, but we have evidence that they've implemented one of the things that's worked. So they've actually implemented something that looks a lot like the EU AI Act before the EU passed, because we have such a deliberative dem democratic process. But China just put something in place. Systems of governance around the world are most certainly not singing from the same hymn sheet, but they are probably trying to answer the same general, very daunting questions. The answers that they're reaching, though, sound like they're being formed by each jurisdiction's traditions as much as the AI itself or the technology they're trying to control. The EU has tried to codify... Some challenging questions there, which Carl Miller is on a quest to answer. If you want to enjoy more of the episode and get the fast track to the future right now, become a member of Intelligence Squared on our website or in the Apple Podcasts app and you'll get the full-length episodes to Power Trip to listen at your leisure. Thanks for listening. This has been Power Trip. <laughs>